in the beginning, it's almost like every day you're starting a new job. This is The Next Level, a brand new show on the Packet Pushers community channel where real network professionals charge into difficult IT management situations, lead from the front, and get it right. Join us as we ask the hard questions that most people are too afraid to ask and figure out how to drive the positive change you want to see. We'll take you from the CLI to CIO. I'm Damien Hoising from Packet Brigade. You can find me on Twitter at Packet Brigade. Hi, and I'm Drew Conry-Murray from Packet Pushers, and I'm on Twitter at Drew underscore CM. On today's show, we're talking about the ups and downs of consulting work. If you are now or have been a consultant, I invite you to laugh, boo, chuckle, and cheer along with us. If you work with consultants or wonder what it's like to work as a consultant, this is your chance to get the inside scoop. And one of our guests today is Rob Walker. Rob, could you introduce yourself and tell the audience a bit about your technical and business background? Yeah. Uh, well, my name is Rob Walker. I've been in the IT consulting uh, role on and off for the over the past 19 years, um, basically uh, mostly involved in uh, uh, most LAN, WAN, uh, Microsoft Windows infrastructure uh, as, as a whole. Also joining us today is Jason Scala, an engineer not to be trifled with. Jason, please introduce yourself and tell the audience a bit about your technical and business background. Hi, Damien. My name is Jason Scala, and I've uh, got a little over 22 years IT experience. Um, five of that is consulting, which I no longer do, thankfully. No offense, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do everything from networking to Windows to Linux. Um, you name it, I've done it or currently am doing it. Sounds good. So, Rob, just to get started, um, let's jump right in and maybe you can outline, in your opinion and experience, what are some of the pros and, and highlights of being a consultant? Uh, definitely the pros is you know, always getting an opportunity to uh, work and develop new projects or uh, opportunities with uh, you know, various sized businesses, um, you know, uh, getting, you know, getting, a, getting to see a different environment you know, most every day or every other day, uh, for that matter, and uh, you know, uh, opportunity to just, just learn and, uh, and grow uh, technically. So that's one of my, my highlights, I would say, as a consultant. Jason, do you have anything that you might want to add that you thought was a positive? One of, uh, one of my favorite things when I did consult, you know, which I think Rob touched on a little bit, was just the variety that you see in consulting. It's never the same thing. It's always something different. There's, there's always something new versus a, in-house IT, which I think was uh, one of the things that I did enjoy. One thing I observed is that there is a added satisfaction you get when you finish a project that has a finite endpoint versus working in the enterprise. It's never done. There's always it's always day to day to day to day, and there really isn't a finishing point, a finish line in the same way. Would you guys agree about that? Absolutely. Yes. You know, I have to say it's easy to find yourself getting a little bit bored too, <laughs> depending on the size of organization you're in. Yeah. So we talked about pros and, and highlights. Um, let's flip that around. What, what are some of the worst things about being in Sculpt? And then Jason, we'll let you kick this one off. <laughs> one of my least favorite things I ever had when consulting was just simply, you need to account for every single minute of your day because you're a billable resource. And if you can't turn whatever you're doing into a billable hour, you're not making who you're working for any money. It's not like an internal IT job where you are paid a set amount regardless of what you're doing, whether you're doing project work or that mundane day-to-day. And, you know, when you are a consultant and busy, I think it's hard to sometimes just keep track of that those billable hours. And I'm sure Rob can attest to some of that as well, since he currently still does consult. Yeah, you know, and yeah, if I want, if you want me to add, certainly, uh, you know, there's a, a definite long list we have here for the, you know, the on-call after-hour weekends, traveling, 
you know, you know, just obviously counting for all of your time. Uh, you know, the fact that you can even find yourself in 50, 60 hour weeks regularly just because of, you know, the after, you know, you, you finish a project, but you still have to do the documentation and, and time entry for, you know, for all of that and justifying why you did what you did. So there's there's definitely an extra layer of, uh, you know, time that you, you don't necessarily get back or or find, uh, you know, that you'll, you'll uh, you know, you see an extra, any extra ex- amount of money for it. It's hard, hard to, uh, it's hard, hard to, hard to get paid for that time. Some things that occurred to me as well is it's pretty difficult to please multiple bosses at once. And sometimes you have to respond to multiple disasters at once, even triaging multiple disasters at the same time if you're the point man for multiple clients. So that that's uh, depending on if you're adrenaline junkie or not, you may like it or it may be a bad thing. Well, yeah. I mean, even today, you know, you can see a large amount of messages coming through. I'm at a customer site today and uh, I'm definitely, you know, responding follow-up on other projects and, and uh, issues worked on, you know, back you know, helping our help desk in, in uh, a small little issues they have. So there's, you're in a constant juggling act. And, uh, you know, when it comes to that accounting, it can be very challenging to, to, to set all that appropriately at the end of the day. Is there software that you guys use or is it something you just kind of fill out by hand or keep in the back of your mind? And do you also, is does, does the place where you're on site sort of have to sign off and say, yeah, we acknowledge you did these hours or is it just more like you fire it off somewhere and then a bill comes through? I mean, for 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 our sake, uh, the company I'm working for, we do have a we use a, a product called Autotask, um, and uh, it's uh, you know obviously you account for all your time in there. Uh, there's tickets, and you add your time to those tickets, uh, so you try to account for it that way. Um, so um, typically, you don't hand anything off to the customer at the end of the day, but a lot of times you might send a summary if you've done a lot, and you just kind of want to do a quick summary of, of work performed and what's to do next on your next visit. So, um, but I don't I don't hand a customer something to sign off at the end of the day. Um, fortunately, uh, that's something we don't have to do. Uh, if I did, that would uh, that would certainly make uh, make things a little <laughs> a little more challenging. <laughs> so. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, they have a they have a ticket that they can always refer to um, that uh, that has all the work performed and the time put against it. So um. yeah, I'd say Autotask is one of the better ones out there. I think it's a nice idea to have the customer acknowledge things as you go. But oftentimes, you know, the reason they're hiring a consultant is to hand something off and not worry about it, and they really don't want to be down in the minutia of everything that's going on. As long as you're being honest and you know have integrity, and they know that when you're working and they see you coming in late and coming. You know, coming in early that uh, that you're working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you develop a relationship with your clients over time, and if you've been a seasoned consultant for some time, you really get to you can you know if if I come in at nine, uh, you know, but I I spent an hour hour and a half that evening, you know, making some changes to your firewall and in restarting it. It's it's usually kind of you kind of build that rapport with a, a longstanding client. The newer ones that gets a little more challenging. Along that lines, I wonder what you guys think about the ethics of double billing. I I know some folks who shall remain nameless that have been asked actually as a pen testers to run multiple pen tests at a time and be billing multiple clients at a time. That, that doesn't quite seem right. Well, it depends on what hat you're wearing, right? It's certainly a definitely an ethical line. You know, I, I definitely don't agree with it, but uh, at times it's it's necessary, I think. Uh, just, you know, to justify your day, you know, it's it's hard to, hard to not do that with some of the increments in time that our system uses. It's all in 15-minute increments. So if I spent the time and, you know, you know, I started a task, took me five minutes and, you know, okay, now I'm going to wait 10 minutes and take a break to finish. You know, it's, it's really, 
it's really difficult to uh, you know to justify all that. I guess. Uh, that's a good point. So the quantization effect comes in when you have to quantize it in 50 minute increments. But I see what you're saying. That pen testing, uh, you know, running three tests at once and billing for one hour three different clients. That's I I, I, don't, I would I would definitely avoid try, avoid that situation. If you knew someone who's starting a consulting business with a fresh take on the industry, what advice would you give to them to provide a more rewarding and attractive experience for their engineers? You know, that's a uh... That's honestly a hard question to answer. I've been out of it for a while now. There are a lot of downs, as we've already discussed, to consulting. You know, I know one of the biggest ones you guys complain about is on call, but, you know, I think that needs to be removed because if you're in IT, you're on call. That's just IT. That's just not consulting. That's all over the board, regardless of what form of IT you're working in. But one of the one of the things that could make it attractive, and I think you noted it, was Definitely overtime pay, you know, or some type of a incentive for working those long nights and those weekends, something, even even comp time, you know, for working those extra hours and being on call and, and doing that. I know in, in my current job, you know, that's one of our rewards for working more hours is, you know, when you get, you get your vacation times and, and, you know, sick times and all those things already cut in today's world because everybody's trying to cut back. It's nice to have that to fall back on as something, you know, to me, time off is is gold. You got family, you got kids. It's always nice to be able to have time off to spend it with them. So that for me is, is huge as well as consulting. I, I think some type of training into that environment would be good. Most When I consulted, there was nothing. It was just trial by fire. Anybody I've ever talked to that has moved on from different consulting firms, it's kind of the same thing. They just throw you in there and have at it. That, that's really hard to deal with. So some of the takeaways I got from that, Jason, are one, to be respectful and value em- employees' family time, and then also to provide some kind of structure and training or, or maybe even mentorship to some degree, maybe even a career ladder so that you, you can help people get uh, traction faster and understand where they're at and where they're going. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I wonder if you guys you know, go into maybe some of the larger uh, organizations or some of the newer companies where they've got cafeteria with an on-site chef and you know refrigerators full <laughs> of drinks and snacks and a foosball table and people with dogs. And do you ever think like, what am I doing? Well, yeah, those, those companies, you don't find a lot of those in Northeast Ohio. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if they are, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're, they're pinching every penny, but, uh, right. but yeah, yeah, certainly that would be a, that would be ideal to, uh, but that's, that's pie in the sky. You don't, uh, we don't work for Google or, or Microsoft or any, uh, any other advertising, you know, firm. So, um, you know, that, that, you know, all those things are great. Perks are wonderful. And, you know, you know, the idea, you know, I think for me, and it's, I've always struggled with this as a consultant, uh, you know, which, Jason, Jason touched on training, career pathing, um, you know, your time, all of that is absolutely of utmost importance and should be number one, two, and, you know, and I would say even three would be uh, you know, just, just the, 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 you know, as a consultant, I find myself in the field quite a bit. I know some guys will be in, you know, spend a lot of time in the office and work remote, but I, I'm often disconnected from, from my company, if I, if you will. And uh, I, I find myself a lot of times isolated. Uh, so to try, you know, to work on, uh, to, you know, team building skills of some sort, getting people together, uh, finding, you know, to, to let you feel as if you're part of, of, of the company versus, you know, yeah, you, you get a paycheck from that company, but you know, you're, 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 you're really out, uh, you know, you, you, you can identify more with your customers than you can know your own, uh, uh, office. So that's one of my biggest struggles I find. And I have found it over the, you know, over the years of consulting. I think that's a really good point, Rob. It's a good perspective. And I'm just thinking out loud, like what kinds of things might bridge the gap. For example, if the company had, you know, a day at the movies and they bought everybody a ticket to go see Star Wars to or if they had like a war room chat like they do in gaming so 
you could be chatting with each other in real time. Like what, what might be some ways that people could build the interconnectedness? Is it, is it about spending time together or just? Yeah. I mean, it could be both. Um, obviously everyone has their busy lives. So trying to get people to get together outside of, you know, out of business hours, sans family, if you have, you know, uh, children and a wife, which we do. And, you know, <laughs> that extra spare time doesn't exist a whole lot. Um, but, uh, you know, just, you know, during business hours and just, you know, it's hard to shut down the company for a half a day or something. You know, I don't, it's, it's definitely not often enough and it doesn't always, uh, it doesn't always fit into the, uh, you know, uh, you know, I might have a project going at the time and I've missed several of them just, you know, you know, Hey, we're having burritos today at lunch next Thursday. Well, my schedule's booked out two to three weeks, you know, so, uh, although not very easy for me to, uh, to uh, knock, you know, knock off three hours on, on a Thursday afternoon or whatever to, to join the burrito luncheon and, uh, you know, you know, game afternoon. So um, stuff like that, uh, you know, just, you know, being, being, uh, you know, trying to be as uh, so maybe being a little bit more pie in the sky. What about like a golf outing or a trip to Disney world where you can bring the family and then bring it, bring everybody together. Trip to Disney world. Let's, let's do that. Uh, I think that'd be a great idea. <clears throat> so, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, heck yeah. I mean, I know, a, a, you know, actually when I got a consultant for a few years, a, you know, a person, a company I worked for, you know, they did a, you know, every summer did a, you know, just basically a, a Geogle, a Cedar Point day where everyone, you know, basically did a picnic there and spent the day out there. The, you know, the whole family was invited. It was actually, actually a pretty cool event, um, you know, and that, you know, everyone, I mean, it was almost a hundred percent participation because it was just, uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a great thing to, to do. And I think uh, it certainly built, uh, you know, a lot, you know, better relationships and, you know, you can do not that's that's a pretty expensive event to do but you know you can do a much smaller scale but you know just find something that uh that uh you know everyone would be interested in doing and and try to make an effort of doing it at least once a quarter you know at, at the least yeah and i think for companies thinking of doing something like that it's important to make family feel welcome and invite family if you don't it kind of sends a wrong message that either you're family friendly or you're worried about some work scandal or you're just cheap Gentlemen, would you agree that there's a particular time in one's life or career that it's best to be a consultant? And I like to start with Rob because he's a consultant now. Yes. Uh, yeah, I definitely have a an opinion on that. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I would say that's that's something I, you know, I, you know, at my age, I struggle with all the time. You know, um, I've I've actually gotten out of consulting a handful of times. Um, and, uh, you know, most is, is more often than not, I find myself back in it. Um, and, uh, you know, and recently, you know, I have, I have three children myself and, uh, you know, consulting can bear a lot of weight on the after hours and, you know, from a learning perspective, constant, uh, you know, upgrading and, and just learning new technologies and just, just kind of getting fair. So it takes a, it takes a bit out of your personal time. Uh, so I'd say, uh, you know, there's certainly a time if, if you find that, uh, you're not striking that work family balance, that's certainly, uh, probably a good a good indication uh, that you you need to you know reconsider you know your, your career path um, you know and I get I struggle with that regularly trying to trying to get that work life balance uh, at a at a good good place so uh, um, you know if yeah you know, I, I think uh, that you know if you can get that balance uh, and if and you can be a consultant great if not uh, you know it may not be the may not be the right thing for you. Jason, what do you think? Is it better to be, if you're going to go into consulting, do it early in your career to get a lot of traction when you don't have a lot of entanglements? Is that the best time you'd say? I think it is personally. It's, uh, you know, coming new into the IT field, it's great to get your feet wet in all sorts of technologies and, and just maybe even know what you want to focus on in your IT career, whether, you know, it's Windows, whether it's Linux, whether it's networking, or maybe, you know, consulting is something that you want to do because you 
you like that adrenaline, that excitement, but it exposes you to so much technology. It's great for a, a beginner. It's great for people new into IT that, you know, just out of school or something because they can kind of hone their skills and really get a grasp of what's out there in today's world. So along, along those lines, um, what advice would you give someone who maybe they started out in-house in an enterprise and just you know, or is looking to work as a consultant, what advice would you give someone making that transition? You know, that's a, that is a tough transition. I made it myself and it was a complete culture shock. You're traveling, you're, you're all over the place. You're not stationary. You're not dealing with the same set of servers, the same environment day in, day out. It's something new every day. And it, and it takes a lot of adjusting to kind of, kind of wrap your head around that going into new places, new people, new faces, you know, in the beginning, it's almost like every day you're starting a new job. That, like that first day on a new job at a, at a new customer site because it's all a, a whole new set of people. You know, it's that first day impression, all of that, you, you know, and you have to build that rapport all over again when it comes to new clients. So it's definitely a, a, a mindset deal with. It's hard. So just being aware of the shift makes it a little easier for people you think to un understand what's going on and that you know the day one isn't there <laughs> how it's going to be forever that it gets easier and and it's just to, to know ahead of time they have to deal with it right yeah there's a, there's a lot of adjustment and it just takes time you know it's a it's a culture shock that's for sure it also yeah, sounds um, like maybe you need to have some people skills uh, at your command if you're <laughs> constantly going into new environments you absolutely do you almost need to be a salesman as well as a tech because you're you're selling yourself you're selling your skills you're selling your company every day you interact with the company you know or a new client so it's it's a constant people battle and not everybody likes to do that and and for people who work in technology sometimes that's hard as some people know most of us just rather deal with machines than people. It's a lot easier to send a command to a machine and it does what you want rather than, you know, dealing with... It's more predictable. Right. Yeah. It's more predictable than people's personality. So sure. not everybody has that mindset to be able to deal with people. And it's not the right fit for everybody. And you've got to understand that going in is you might not be the right fit for it. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just what it is. Not everybody's capable of that consultant mindset. Flipping that on its head a little bit, if you get placed in-house and it turns out it's a bad cultural fit or you have some personnel issues with other personnel, you're stuck. If you're a consulting, you may have a tough tough customer or two, but then you can move on to the next one. It, it kind of goes both ways, I'd venture to say. Absolutely. Yeah, I come from a reverse of Jason, right? I've been a consultant from the start of my career, and uh, I've gotten out a few times uh, and managed to find myself back in it. Where I feel, I, I, I tend to, uh, I tend to gravitate towards the, uh, you know, the, the chaos, the action, the, you know, the, <laughs> you know, coming in and fixing everything and being, being, being the man, or you know. You know, just just trying. You know, I just enjoy the customer. You know, even just the, you know, from you know, whether I'm talking to a, a CEO, CFO, or a you know, a, a customer service representative. I, you know, I think uh, you know, being able to just interact and treat everyone as if they're, you know, as if they're, you know, as 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 a as a regular person and not, you know, that you're beneath me because I know more than you or you know, or your CFO. You know, it's, it's just uh, you just got to be able to strike. You know, enjoy that. Uh, that uh, cust, you know, interaction because you are, you're like Jason said, you're a salesperson. You're, you know, we all have account managers and sales at our office, but uh, you know, you're you're the one driving projects because uh, you you're you be, be having the ability to look into their environment and say, you know, you you're probably you know you could use this this or this, uh, you know, and let's talk about it. And next thing you know, you're you've you've designed your own project. 
project out of a, an environment that may not have been looking at something like that. And, you know, it's a, they, they, you build that level of trust, you know, once you have that trust of the client, they start to really, you know, uh, look to you for opinions and, and uh, ideas and how you can improve their network. Well, we talked about, you know, when to start a consulting career. Is there a time or signals when it's time to move on from the consulting business? And, and Damien, you can probably weigh in on this one too. Yeah, I think a recurring theme we had is if you have young children, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget a time when I was on call and my one of my kids fell down and bonked their heads. And at the same time, I'm on the call trying to help somebody with a server problem. And it was really difficult for me to, to really know how to react in that situation. I, uh, to handle both at the same time was very tough for me. And that was really a a moment that I knew, okay, it's time I had time to hang it up. Uh, I can't be doing this. And I think to Jason's point, you're always on call in IT, but there's a degree, right? So, you know, you could be assigned and be answering 30 clients on call for a whole week, or you could just be, you know, the top dog of one silo that you only get called if the folks working on for you are get stymied or you know you get called and you give them some tips but you don't have to leave the ball game to pull up and and go get on a laptop so yeah so i think that's true and i'm curious uh rob and jason think uh do you think there's some other things that maybe for example going in-house allows you to dive deeper in the long-term practices like what are some reasons to to get out of the consulting business or what are some times well i think i can kind of touched on a little bit yeah it's 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 you know earlier we you know i just find that yeah it's it's getting that that uh i you know for me it's i've gotten out before because i my when i first had my first kid you know i thought well maybe it's time to get out and uh you know then you know two years later i was right back in it again so uh and now i'm at three kids and i'm like boy you know i definitely uh definitely consider it uh you know i'm already lack of sleep with that but uh you know with the work and everything it's it's you know it's definitely something i i continue to consider you know but uh you know my biggest fear of leaving consulting is you know is is that uh Am I going to, you know, am I going to have enough to keep me, uh, keep me interested or keep me, you know, keep me satisfied to, uh, you know, am I going to continue to grow, you know? So, you know, that's, 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 I guess, a, a fear of leaving that or, uh, you know, but, you know, there, there's certainly, uh, certainly a time where, you know, if, if you're stressed out and you're working, you know, 60 hours a week and uh, you're not spending time with your family, it's, uh, that, that might be a good indication, at least from, from my perspective. But, um, you know, it goes on to the company you work for, too, you know. <laughs> you know, you've got non-competes and you've got situations, even if you wanted to leave one consulting firm for another, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not exactly an easy thing to do. It's a, it's a jump you can't easily make. So we're not without some, uh, not without some decent lawyers. That's scary if you have to bring in lawyers. Yes. <laughs> Talking about exiting, what are some strategies and things to be aware of, you know, if you are going to get out and, and Rob, you mentioned one, a non-compete clause. Are there others? One thing is adjusting the culture in the other direction, right? So if you're in the consulting business and you're used to moving at the speed of business and getting things done, and then you have to go work with a bunch of folks that feel like there's always tomorrow, it could, that's an adjustment. Yes. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to throw out there too is uh, Keith Townsend, CTO advisor blog has a great article on exit strategies for leaving a big four. I have by no means worked for a big four consulting firm, but uh, a lot of the things he talks about in that article gives you some interesting ideas about, you know, what kind of jobs you can be looking for when you exit and, and some things like that. So uh, I don't know, Jason, did you have anything you want to add about, um, you know, strategies for planning your exit? You know, when I guess I was lucky when I left, it wasn't, I didn't have to deal with my non-compete because I didn't go to another consulting firm. You know, I went to something in the complete opposite direction from what I was doing. So to me, I didn't have to deal with that. I had been previously in a in-house IT culture, so that wasn't a shock to me. But, you know, as far as when it's time to move on, you know, I think everybody's going to be different. 
you know, one of the reasons I moved on was I have kids, you know, I had a real busy schedule when I was consulting and the opportunity that came to me just, uh, just gave me some more time with them, you know, some, a lighter schedule, a work from home, you know, so I was able to, to leverage that, to be with my family. And it was just a, a good opportunity that I needed to take. I think that resonates with all of us. Even if you're thinking about doing the same type of work, you may have a non-compete limit in terms of geography, in terms of time, a year or more. And one strategy is, as Jason mentioned, you can go out into a different market segment. You can go off into a different discipline, something where there isn't a competition. And then, you know, once you put in your time, if you want to go back, then you're you're no longer binding. So at least think about doing that. So if I was going to sum it up, it sounds like what you guys are saying is that, you know, the upside for consulting is that you're exposed to a lot of technologies. Uh, you kind of get to parachute into new and interesting situations all the time. So it's not just the same old, same old. Uh, there's a lot of new ideas, new technologies that you get to learn. So you're constantly learning new things, expanding your skill set. And then on the downside, it sounds like time uh, is certainly an issue. Lots of long hours, potentially lots of travel, lots of time away from family. Does that sound like a good summary? I'd say that, that that's I, I'd agree with that. <laughs> I'd agree with that. I'd add one more thing to consulting as a as a downside, and it kind of it touches on all the technologies you touch, and you do touch a lot. There's no doubt about that. But one of the things I found is you touch so much, you never have time to become a subject matter expert on something. You're spending so much time a little bit here, a little bit there. You're you're kind of a jack of all trades and master, you know, master at none. That to me was a little bit of a downside because you're just you're so fast paced, you're not hammering down on one thing to become a complete subject matter expert. Yeah, Jason, I would absolutely agree with that. There's several times in several cases where, you know, we'll do a deployment on something and boy, man, I wish I had, you know, another week just to sit down and really dive into this and really understand the product deep, a little more deep than, uh, than, than you, than you've, uh, than you've gotten to it. So I, I'd, I'd absolutely agree with that statement. And I often, often feel that after a project's complete, but man, I could have done a lot more with this if I just had more time. You know, after I had left, I did get an opportunity to kind of run a network like like a boss and do predictive scanning and analysis and getting to secure everything. And, and that was great. But, you know, once you fix and clean up everything, once you rebuild the whole network, then it starts to fall apart again. And then it kind of loses its luster. And then, <laughs> then then you realize there's no ending. You're just going to come back yeah. again, just like the serpent snake. So I guess, you know, I'd say consulting like Drew mentioned, it's a great way to rapidly expose yourself to a lot of technologies. It's good to do early or middle of your career, but look for the warning signs. That signal is time to get out and plan an ethical exit to a promotion. Don't settle. Level up and watch out. You may just get what you wish for. It's time for Sanity Check, a segment where we listen to real engineers' questions like, why the heck does my manager do this thing that drives me nuts? Names have been trained to protect the innocent. Here's a question from one of our listeners who happens to be a consultant. And the question is, I've been assigned to a project for a client that I understand is urgent. However, when I try to contact the client to schedule site visits to do the work, they are unavailable or really hard to get hold of. I'm worried about missing our deadline and it's affecting my schedule with other clients. How do I get control of the situation? <laughs> oh, man. That sounds too familiar. You need a project, you need a project manager. <laughs> That's a good suggestion. Someone like a PMP to crack the whip and uh, get a hold of people. Yeah, Rob's yeah. right. I mean, th this is not something the engineer should have to deal with. Uh, I mean, I understand you got to try to make the schedule, but if, when you've tried too much, you need to hand this off to a manager, uh, you know, and just tell them what's going on or a project manager and be like, look, you know, I need you to 
you know, chase this down. So they, they're aware of also how difficult the client is being. So they're not putting it back on you. That's a really good point. So reach out and ask for help. Don't take it all on yourself. Document all your all your chances that you, all, all the times that you've made uh, an effort to reach out as well. So yeah, you have that deniability saying we've, we've made attempts. <laughs> <laughs> Documenting communications, good call. Yes. Well, and then hopefully with the right nudge or the right personality that things will come back into control. Another question, one of our SurveyMonkey responders writes, I've been working with my consulting firm for about three years, racking up good billable hours and completing projects on time. I think I deserve a promotion, but there doesn't seem to be any precedent or career ladder. When will my manager recognize me? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. In in a smaller firm, you will see a lot of that. You know, that's everyone's so busy that they don't have the time to really recognize the work you are doing. You almost have to, you know, put it together. You know, almost create your own your own uh, working. Uh, script of, of what you have done and, and accomplishments and uh, you know the extra effort you've put uh, and uh, take that to them and, and and showcase what you've done and uh, you know if they can't uh, if they can't see you know the work that you've done and are doing and, and and want to reward you for it then maybe that gets to the point of uh, the earlier question in this which was uh, when is it time to leave consulting I think that may be a, maybe a good idea to uh, reconsider who you're working for it's a good point Jason did you have anything you wanted to add about that I couldn't agree with Rob more I mean this just goes to show what happens in smaller firms. You know, you've got to go back. You've got to sell yourself to your own manager. You've got to be your own HR person, and you've got to, you know, prove to them why you're, why you're worth, and you know, how to be recognized. You almost got to tell them how to do it. You know, but if it's still, again, that's still not happening. Uh, you know, maybe it's time to either get out of consulting, or maybe that firm is just too small and maybe you need to get to a bigger one. Nobody's going to give you anyway anything in life. You have to ask for it. You have to earn it. And it's all about the value you add. In other words, revenue generation. So go back and listen to our earlier episode about how IT pros can engage in revenue generation. The other thing I wanted to talk about is sometimes people may try to go out and interview and get a job offer as a lever to negotiate. Some people can take that a different way. I kind of see that as, as a little bit out of integrity because at that point, you know, let's say you, you come back and you want, you know, X percent more and there's people, you know, and we give it to you, what's to say you're not going to go do that again in three months. And if you're already thinking of leaving, then I think it's much more straightforward to kind of develop the, the value proposition to the company you're with. And if they're not willing to invest in you, then time to move on. What do you guys think? I mean, it definitely sounds like, you know, any kind of conflict resolution, if you're coming up to someone with an ultimatum, um, you know, give me this or I'm leaving, that's not a great way to start a, a healthy discussion. And I also want to say, it sounds like, you know, if you have the ability, if you've demonstrated that you're racking up billable hours, you can, you've got some net metrics, then, you know, prepare those numbers, get them together. And it sounds like you can have a useful discussion with a manager about what you've done for the organization. And if it doesn't work out, then you've also sort of put together a little portfolio that you might be able to take somewhere else. I'm an employer and some, and I have an, you know, I have a, uh, I have a consultant or an employee coming to me. Um, and, uh, if they haven't come to me, uh, you know, before saying I have this job and here's, here I have this offer and here's, and, and I'm planning on leaving. If, if they, if they haven't, uh, already came to me and expressed their, their need for, you know, promotion or a raise or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I might, yeah, like I just, I wouldn't trust that, uh, they're not going to come back, you know, another six months, a year or whatever, and continue to use that leverage to, to, you know, keep moving. It's if they're, if they're, if they're willing to, to take off uh, and, and leave and, and go get the, go find that opportunity, then you know, I wouldn't certainly want to, uh, I wouldn't want to keep them with the organization. I'd, I'd let them go, you know? So 
And uh, I personally wouldn't use that as leverage. If I'm leaving a company, I'm, you know, my notice is in and I'm out of here no matter, you know, what the counter. So I think it's about developing expectations. You're right. And if you just come out of the blue, it's, it's very hard to take. But also keep in mind that, you know, if you're trying to earn a promotion, it's always going to happen slower than you would like. And it's always going to seem to happen faster than the employer would like. So <laughs> make sure you put some numbers in there, some three months, six months, you know, after X dollars put some hard metrics in there so you have something to measure and come back with. Well, if you find yourself frustrated or scratching your head about something that IT management's doing and you want to ask about it, you can send us an email at nextlevel at packetbrigade.com or you can use the anonymous SurveyMonkey link in the show notes. Please remember all sources will be kept confidential and real names are never used on the air. Thanks for joining us on The Next Level. I'm Damien Hoising. You can contact me at Damien at Packet Brigade. I blog on Packet Brigade and on Packet Pushers. And I'm Drew Connery-Murray. You can find my blogs on PacketPushers.net. You can also check out my other podcast, Network Break, also on Packet Pushers. And you can follow me on Twitter at Drew underscore CM. Rob, how, how can folks get in touch with you? Uh, would you like to share any social media handle or plug? You know, as an IT guy, you find that I, I kind of keep myself uh, offline, but I'm happy to share my email address if anyone wants to email me. I just don't uh, I don't social network much, so uh, which I don't know if that's uh, uh, the, the opposite of what most IT guys would do, but I try to keep a low profile online. So, um, But uh, I can provide my email, which is walkerrob at gmail.com. All right, and Jason, how can folks get in touch with you? Uh, unlike Rob, I actually am on social media. <laughs> Not that I have much to say. I'm more of a listener versus a poster. But uh, I am on Twitter at Crum, the number four, life. Um, as well as you can email me at jskala at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And for the listeners, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can leave comments on the blog post that accompanies this podcast on packetpushers.net or drop us a line at nextlevel at packetbrigade.com. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your time today. It was wonderful to talk with you again. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Damien.